Konnichiwa. And hey, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. And welcome to Sumo Kaboom. Where we talk about all things sumo. <laughs> That's right. And today we are covering a lot. We're covering days one through three of the January Basho. Uh, we're going to talk about the Dallas Sumo Club, bingo, and some news. But first, we want to tell you you're not hearing things. We sound a little differently today. <laughs> Different technological setup just for yeah. this week only. We will be back to normal next week. That's right. Bingo. More people can get a card. Yes, there are still some available. So you can go to our social media accounts. You can go to our website, which is sumokaboom.com, and get your bingo card there. Um, you'll need it by day eight of the Basho, because that's when people start getting their kachikoshi. Play along with us for some jam and some bragging rights. That's right. And this time you get two different types of jam choices. You can get the peach bourbon vanilla jam, which is very heavy on the bourbon because I did the recipe wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> it still tastes very good and very bourbony. Or grape jelly, which does not sound romantic, but let me tell you, these were hand-picked grapes by Laurie and I, and we stole them from the church. Okay, so they're <laughs> stolen holy grapes, which we made stolen holy grape jelly. It's really good. Yeah, they're fabulous. They're very fabulous. Yeah. Now we had an opportunity to interview someone in our hometown Corey Morrison of Dallas Sumo Club and talk to him about his new club he just started. So this past weekend, he had a Degeko uh, joint practice with a couple of other Texas sumo clubs. We really get inspired by people who are making amateur sumo happen and getting people in this area interested, getting people from all different types of grappling sports to come together and learn about sumo. So Dallas Sumo Club has a, an Instagram, they have a Facebook, they have lots of ways, uh, Twitter as well, to kind of keep up with them as they get off of the ground. But they also put out uh, a live stream of the practice, which was really neat to just watch them kind of explain the basics of sumo to new sumo wrestlers. But we had an opportunity anyway to sit down with Corey and talk about the experience and about what it was like to start his very own sumo club. Yeah, we just wanted to give him a hell yeah for starting this thing from scratch. This is a local sumo club for us because we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We just want to give him an opportunity to talk with you guys about what they're doing. We want to support them 100%. This is a little snippet from the interview. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys for thinking of uh, amateur sumo, especially in the DFW area. We super appreciate it. And I'm happy to be here. So, so this is a brand so new cool. club, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, our first our first official Keiko was uh, yesterday. Technically, it was a day Keiko because it was with Dark Circle Sumo in Austin and Mighty Eagle Sumo in San Antonio. They came up. Justin Kizzert, who you guys know already, who runs oh, Dark he's Circle. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I love him. And I, I could talk for days about Justin. He is like my ultimate sumo hero. I love the guy. He's the only reason that this is a thing. And then also Tom Zabel from Mighty Eagle. Both of them brought both of their stables up to here to whip us into shape and show us and how to run a proper practice. How did Justin inspire you? Um, Man, so uh, 
Dallas Sumo Club's Okami san, Siggy Sour. We tend to post a ton of like Instagram stories and stuff whenever a basho is going on and it's either a Friday or Saturday. There was this dude named Justin who uh, hit me up and he was like, dude, hey man, I run a uh, sumo club in Austin. Uh, you should come check it out. And I was like, uh, yeah, okay. So I went up there and uh, they put me through the ringer. I got my ribs broken and yeah. Seriously? <laughs> and, yeah, and you went like, back for more. Uh, and so then I was like, dude, like it's fun, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I want to do this. Like I, I, love I, I just like watching, but then we went to the Consulates Cup in Austin, put on by Dark Circle. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dude, this is so cool. Like a practice was cool. Like going to a Keiko was awesome. Getting my ass whooped was awesome. But <laughs> seeing a tournament and like how it's run differently from the Bashos of professional sumo that we're used to. I was like, dude, you can fight like 10 times and stuff. And they have all different divisions, some for women, some for men, some for both different weight classes, which, uh, you know, you don't have in professional sumo. So yeah, I was just like, man, screw it. I'll do it. I couldn't find a space indoors, but I had worked with um, 10th Planet Dallas on a video for, uh, if anybody's watching that's a jujitsu fan, you probably know Eddie Bravo. I don't know a lot about jujitsu, but he started uh, 10th Planet, uh, which is a jujitsu franchise. And and then, and I was like, yo, uh, how do you feel about sumo coming to uh, 10th Planet North Dallas? And he was like, well, we just got a brand new facility. Yeah, sure. And uh, we worked out a deal. Now, how did you get into sumo, though? I think um, I can't remember the moment, but uh, I think uh, I'm one of those people that just goes down the poop shoot of YouTube and like just keeps <laughs> going and going and going. Yeah. And I think I came across um, Chris Gould. I don't know what his YouTube channel is called now. I think it's called Chris Sumo. Mm-hmm. I saw a video he did of a wrestler from the 80s uh, called Chiono Fuji. So I clicked on the video and it was all this archival footage of Chiono Fuji. And I, I learned about his story. And that was the other thing too, is most people, when they think sumo, they think big fat guys. And Chiono Fuji is like a handsome beefcake. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And the wolf, I, he's gorgeous. Yeah, the wolf he's of like Hokkaido. Gorgeous. He's and yeah. so gorgeous. His body's I, nuts. I took it home to my girlfriend and I was like, dude, you got to watch this man. And tell me if you're not, tell me if you don't want to watch sumo. And we both watched it and we were like, holy shit. And then we were trying to figure, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if I could swear. You Uh, can swear all you want. Then we said, holy shit. And then we found, we, we were like, dude, like how do we watch sumo? And we started going to, we started going down the list. We found, uh, Jason's All Sumo channel. Mm-hmm. We found Tachiai blog. We found uh, Kintamayama. We found Grand Sumo Breakdown. And then a few others started coming along, like the wonderful Sumo Kaboom. We just started getting into every facet of it. So, what are your like hopes and dreams for the Dallas Sumo Club? We have four guys, including myself, with Mawashi's now. Uh, we'd love to get some girls involved. We'd love to get anyone. Doesn't matter their gender. You can do sumo in, in Texas anyways. I don't know if you feel like getting in the ring. You're always welcome to, but uh, 
it's cool. Do you have a senior division? That's what I always answer when everybody <laughs> says that. <laughs> have an over 50 division, maybe. <laughs> How about a division, like a division, like for me, someone who hates confrontation. <laughs> the Hanka division? Yeah. yeah, maybe. Is there anything else that you would like to mention that we've missed? So uh, we are at Dallas Sumo Club on Twitter, at Dallas Sumo Club on Instagram, and we are uh, Dallas Sumo Club on Facebook pages. We're going to post... Uh, on all platforms when there is a uh, Keiko or Degeiko or we'll have uh, tournaments hosted out here. The Dallas Sumo Club on everything. You just type it in, it'll come up. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Well, that's so awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with us. We wanted, Thank you, Corey. We want, yeah, we wanted to Thank just you highlight you and all the cool things you're doing. So we wish you luck. And with that, my friend, ye, yeehaw. Yeehaw. Akiyaw. <laughs> Best exit ever. Thank you so much, Corey, for telling us about who you guys are. And listeners, if you want to hear more about the Dallas Sumo Club and Corey and what he's doing with this group, please go to our new YouTube channel. We're going to have more of the interview there if you'd like to watch. That's right. So congrats, Corey, for opening up your very own Sumo Club. We look very forward to what's to come. And also, once we get this virus under control, coming out and seeing a lot of these local competitions around here and all over the U.S. and, of course, in Japan. This is harder to do when we're not in the same place, isn't it? It is really harder to do. Yeah. Yeah. So It's, it's very different. It's, uh, it's really interesting. Whereas when we're in the same room and it's like I know both of our mics are catching what we're both saying, it's not such a big deal to step on each other a little bit. But <laughs> this way it's kind of like, oh. Ooh, like learning to, to walk again. It's very yeah. weird. Well, whatever. We will persevere. Oh, before I go into the newsflash, I had a dream last night and it was really funny and I don't know what it means. So maybe you can tell me what it means. I had this dream where Shodai and I, well, <laughs> mm-hmm. we were, I've had some of these dreams no, before, but it's, it's usually not Shodai. It's not this. It's not that type of dream. I know about your Hakuho dreams. This is not the kind of dream. Although I had, I did have feelings for Shodai. I do know that. And we were going to a dance party, but this is the weirdest part about it. Shodai and I both worked for a travel agency and we were having like a Christmas party. And Shodai was like, he was like my coworker that I had a crush on. And I don't know if Shodai is good at selling travel packages, but anyway. I'm sure he is. I'm sure. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't he be? Anyway, yeah. how do I describe it? There's this like desk up front, like a reception desk. And on top of the reception desk, there was like a MAC lipstick, like Lazy Susan of lipsticks. <laughs> Your brain is such an interesting place. Yes. <laughs> it is. Well, I wear red lipstick a lot of the time. So what was weird about this party is like everybody from the travel agency, including Shodai, was like, ready, let's go to this party. And everybody went by the Lazy Susan and put lipstick on. And Shodai- Including Shodai? Including Shodai. And his lipstick was like, 
he did not put it on well. It was just like smudged all over. His, he clearly wasn't good at wearing lipstick, but it was part of like going out for this Christmas party. So what do you think this means? I don't know what it means. But I definitely had romantic feelings about Shodai, and I don't think that they were returned. <laughs> but I will say my lipstick is normally bright red. His was like like burgundy, but it had a lot of glitter in it. And it Can I you have- totally see him in the club with his glitter, like gold glitter lipstick on? Oh, I, I forgot to tell you though, the party that we were going to was, oh, a dance, was a dance party. I knew it was a dance party for all the other wrestlers. So I was trying to get to the, the, the dance party, Christmas party, where all the other wrestlers would be. I think somehow you feel left behind by sumo, but you want to get there. You, it's a big party. Shodai is your new boyfriend. It could be. It could be. How about a news flash? Okay, everyone, if you haven't noticed watching Sumo lately, um, it's been real insane. We started the Boss Show this last week, and going into this Boss Show, we knew Hakaho, he had, uh, we talked about it last week, he came down with coronavirus. So he is out of the tournament. But last time we heard, Kakaru was also going to step up and be like our lone Yokozuna. Well, we got a little last minute switcheroo and Kakaru got a medical note this time to report to the JSA, stressing that he needed to not participate in this January Basho. So we have a no Kazuna Basho and the specific issue that's creating his pain in his lower back is lumbar. Okay, help me pronounce this. Spondylothesis. Spondylothesis. And that is the noted cause of his back pain. Did I say that right? Is that like spondylitis? Is spondylosis like spondylitis? I Oh, yeah, maybe spondylolithesis. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have to look at the word, but it's reminding me of, of spondylitis. Extra bone growth where you don't want it. Oh, he has extra bone growth, maybe. Wow. Interesting. So anyway, we started- So says this- the non-doctor. That could be completely <laughs> off, but that's the way I understand it. <laughs> We're just like making up cockatoos. Uh, ailment, but whatever. He's got back problems, guys. One of the reasons, guys, that this sounds differently is that we're in two different locations today, and usually we record in the same room, and we're discovering that it's a lot harder to do this when we're in two separate rooms, and we can't cheer each other on (laughs) and point at each other and interrupt each other. We're instead looking at computer screens and and words in front of us, and it's just not as much fun. I know. It's weird. It's, It's just harder. It's just harder. Plus, I'm like, is Laurie judging me for really not being able to pronounce that. It's amazingly (laughs) silent. (laughs) Back to the news. We have had um, a bunch of wrestlers that are basically not wrestling this time because of coronavirus. And then also before the Basho started, they did PCR tests. And there were some wrestlers that showed up and were like, oh, I'm fine. I'm here to wrestle. I feel fine. And they were like, and you've got coronavirus and you've got coronavirus. So that was Chio Shoma. And because that happened to Chio Shoma, the Kokonoe whole stable is now quarantining. So 
it, it, it was just like, I think there was a total of 65 of the, no, of like the 85 people that are not here in this tournament, like 65 of those are wrestlers. And there's five rooms that are not participating. That's the Miyagano, the Horatio, the Minato, the Kokonoe, and the Tomatsuna stable. There's five stables. The number that I saw was 97. That's 16 men in the top two divisions were out. There's also hairdressers. There's also gyojis. There's also... Oh, um, maybe that's the difference. That, it's like other JSA people that would normally be there during the tournament. So all you need to know is that everything is sort of chaotic. Everyone's sort of kind of in disbelief that this Basho went ahead. Is it fair to keep a whole bunch of healthy young men from fighting when that's all that they live to do? If you can reasonably keep them safe, I don't know. I just know it's a challenge. It's going to be a real challenge to schedule this thing in the second week because there's so many people out. We don't know... I mean, for it to continue, everybody has to keep showing up and be healthy and safe. So if anybody shows up with COVID, the whole thing's done. Maybe this is why all of those men are seem to be fighting like crazy right now. Maybe that's why Hokuto Fuji is fighting with everything he has because he's like this this might be done tomorrow, so I best go for it 110%. Yeah. You want to talk about wrestling? You know what? America has had a rough week. Yeah. We've had, well, honestly, we've had a rough few years. <laughs> but at least there's sumo. At least. And that was my overwhelming thought on day one was, oh, God. I love sumo. I love the speed of a full day of sumo. I love how calm it is. I love the prep. I love the ceremony. I how love the calm explosion. It is watching two men like hit each other like with brutal force. Yes, because there's so much time in between. Yeah. Like if you watch the full version, I don't like there's so much going on in America right now that I don't need constant excitement saturation that's way too much for me you know give me the slow reveal of the takakesho banner and i am a happy woman (laughs) and that's what we got and thank god for this going forward even though there's covid and even though we don't know what's going to happen this feels so good and i have just been nothing but grateful for the men that are there and are doing sumo so that i can watch okay so day one just was simply lovely i mean i I watched the entire thing with a huge smile on my face it was kind of like you know that feeling you know when you have a really good homemade meal and you haven't had one in a while i thought you're gonna say dump you know some people that's maybe it's quite the same feeling but for me it's like the the feel of a good homemade meal there was so much great sumo here's just a little of it it started out just so wonderfully with Akiseyama versus Kotonowaka, older wrestler. Remember we talked about Akiseyama last week. Um, 
versus a younger one, Kotonowaka. This one did not disappoint. It was a nice long bout to start out day one. Akisayama did a great job of keeping Kotonowaka off of his belt, and he outlasted the youngster. Yeah, and he has some serious perseverance and endurance. Doesn't he? he also, doesn't he? He also moves slow and sticky like molasses. It's that hot lava style of sumo yeah. I was talking about. Yeah. We're, both We're in the same, same camp. frame of mind about that. Yeah. Yeah. He, anyway, Akisayama had a great big smile on his face as he walked back to the interview area. He, he won on his first day and he couldn't have been any happier and I couldn't be any happier for him. It just, it was a great way to start out day one of this sumo tournament. Agreed. Uh, awesome. I want to mention Midori Fuji versus Aqua because we got a taste of what a, you know, a usual Midori Fuji win looks like. He got his first Hellman's Mayonnaise win on day one against Aqua. So he looked a little nervous when this one got started and he, he tried a hanka, but the Gyoji called it back because neither men got their fists down to start. And the second time Midori Fuji moved with lightning speed, he got in low. Aqua tried to slap the guy, but Midori Fuji stepped to the side, pulled on Aqua's arm, and won. And he looked very pleased with himself, and it was a really nice win. It's the under-shoulder throw down. Yeah. Tasco- Tascachi? No. Tatascachi. Ta- <laughs> That's it. It's a Tatascachi. No. Tatascachi. I, I know that I tried to write this word down because I was like, that is such an interesting sounding word. And I don't know it at all. It's an under shoulder throw down. Tetascochi. Tetascochi. <laughs> yeah. Katasukashi. The first day, oh. was, first day it was a Hikiotoshi, but the second day it was that Katasukashi. Oh, sorry. It's a K, not a T. Katasukashi. Oh my gosh. Well, in a nutshell, we can just say that Midori Fuji uses something that we could barely pronounce called katatsukashi. Yep. And it's beautiful and it's fast and it it has been working really well for him. Yes. Uh, Also on day one, Kageyaki versus Tobizaru was a very exciting fight that ended in one huge shove to Tobizaru's chest and the flying monkey flew off the doyo. And the best part of this entire fight was the fact that he just landed splat right into Endo, who was waiting ringside. (laughs) (laughs) It was a full-on splat. And I always enjoy those when they happen. (laughs) I do too. I don't. I don't know why it's the surprise element, and sometimes you get a close up of whoever got splatted upon. Yeah, uh, and then just be like, "Oh no!" But uh, <laughs> especially if you get any emotion out of Indo. But yeah, I always appreciate moments like that. What I love about watching sumo in the first few days of a tournament is there's always something new that you're like, "Oh." I've never noticed that before. And with these, you know, big pushes and shoves that I was watching on day one, I started to notice that all these terms for these kimarite were ending with taoshi, mm-hmm. oshi taoshi, yori taoshi. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
I'm going to look that up because I think that a Taoshi means that the person who lost ended up on the ground. And sure enough, that is what it means. Mm -hmm. So Terana Fuji's win against Kota Shoho was an Oshi, not an Oshi Dashi, which is just a regular push. It was an Oshi Taoshi, which is a push down. To the ground. Yeah, bring down. So look for that. So if, you know, if you see somebody that is in close contact with someone else. Usually it's with the belt and they shove their opponent out. It's not a Yorikiri. It's a Yori Taoshi when the opponent ends up on the ground. That was like my big aha moment in day one. It was like, oh, language. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a Taoshi. It's like a pull down and your opponent ends up on the floor. (laughs) Which of course led me to YouTube and down a wonderful YouTube hole of the, have you ever seen the Japanese game uh, Bo Taoshi? No. What is that? Oh my gosh. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I bet you've seen a video clip of it at some point. It's a sport that you play with 150 people on each team. It's a Japanese military sport where 150 people are on each team and all you're trying to do is bring down your opponent's pole and there's one guy at the top of the pole and 149 guys trying to keep other 75 guys who are like flinging themselves towards the pole to bring it down. Yes. Okay. Now I know what you're talking about because yes. I have seen video footage of that. I mean, like, how does one come up with a game like that? Exactly. <laughs> but the Taoshi in that Bo Taoshi is that same word, that pull down. So now whenever I say a Kimorite and it's got Taoshi at the end, I think of that crazy pull down game of the pole. And I'm like, oh, Taoshi pull down. Down, got it. Oh, am I just this dumb that I <laughs> took me this long to think? I thought they were just like original names for techniques that they used. Anyway, I've had a very dumb week. <laughs> no, every time we watch a tournament, we learn new things. Yeah. And that is honestly. Sometimes I know like really weird, intricate things that like a lot of other people can't remember. And then sometimes there's like some baseline stuff that I'm like, yeah, I'm still like a real big dum dum about that kind of stuff. <laughs> Well, at least we're here and at least we're learning and we're sharing our learning with other people. That's right. So that's what it's all about. And the last six fights of the day were all so damn good. Like I couldn't pick one that was my favorite. I mean, there was Daesho's thrusting attack all aimed at Asanayama's chin and neck that completely overwhelmed Asanayama. Yeah, the crowd was like... Oh, there was Hokuto Fuji versus Shodai in day one, where Hokuto Fuji took off in the Tachiai like a man flying out of a cannon and then ran right into the wall that was Shodai and Shodai did not go anywhere. He absorbed the blast and then moved forward and pushed Hokuto Fuji out of the ring with just one hand, just his left hand. Yeah, I was surprised. I I thought Shodai looked actually pretty good considering where I thought he would be coming into this. He always downplays his emotions and he downplays himself. I think he handled Hokuto Fuji pretty beautifully. I thought it was a it was nice to see him uh, like start out strong and I was like, "Okay, Shodai is he's here and he means business." Yeah. And then the very last fight on day 1 oh. was all big man pushing sumo and i have to tell you i have truly 
a a problem with this. I love watching big men doing sumo in slow motion. There's something about it that is just so amazing to me. Takakesho, our winner from the last Basho against Mitakiumi, who's always been one of my favorites. This bout was all about pushing and thrusting. And with that many pushes coming at you, it must be really hard to get in underneath and alter the rhythm of the attack coming. But boy, through the steady barrage of pushes, push, 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 and enormous bodies going at it, push, push, pull, pull, push, pull. <laughs> Mitakiyumi somehow came out the victor in this pushing fest. And I... I have to admit, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Takakesho was rattled. He couldn't really recover. Takakesho really has trouble. If he doesn't win in the first few moments of a fight, uh, the chances of him coming out the victor decrease because he just doesn't have the stamina that somebody like Hokuto Fuji or even Akiseyama has. He doesn't have a lot of endurance anyway. I mean, he, he's very brutal. And yeah, like you said, if he doesn't do it quick, then it's going to be a long bout that's going to be hard for him. There was maybe just some focus that was lost. And I felt like that came out in this match here with Mitakiyumi. It's really hard to put myself in the position of anybody who's going on a Yokozuna run. Because in watching these first three days, it sort of made me go, oh, when you're about to become a Yokozuna everybody wants to take Takakesho down and maybe that should take us to day two. Day two. Okay, let's talk about that Yutakayama Midori Fuji with a Katatsukashi Kimarite. Hey, well done. Thank you very much. Um, I had practice. Under shoulder swing down from Midori Fuji and it sends Yutakayama to the ground, just completely bewildered. Apparently, this is like a very difficult maneuver to wiggle out of. So I was like, why don't more of them do that if it works so well for Midori Fuji? Well, he must have the timing down. I mean, blink and it's done. Yeah. Can I talk about Rudin and Tobizaru? Tobizaru in this matchup, he he does his usual, you know, shifting everywhere. And he's like a boxer almost with his agility. He ducks down completely. Rudin ends up grasping with both arms, just a bunch of air. And Tobizaru is so scrappy as usual and tricky. And then at this point, Tobizaru then advances a slightly confused, where is he kind of uh, Rudin. <laughs> like Rudin's like, where does this guy go? And he pushes him to the edge. And as Tobizaru gets Rudin's center of gravity up too far and off balance, he does another big push upwards to his chest and blasts Rudin out of the ring. It was nice to see. Tobizaru looked a little hurt after this one. I wondered if he was okay. I hadn't seen on the other days any sort of residual issues, but you never know. These guys hide their injuries so well. They never want to give up that they've got a vulnerability. Well, for me, I think at some point in day two, things started to shift a little bit. Like it started out so nicely for me in day one and calm and like just, I'm so glad to see these guys back. And then it just slowly and surely got a little uh, scrappier and more violent and guys looking like they were getting hurt. And then it just sort of started to go down that down that track yeah. for me. And that was, that was the moment where it just started to turn. Yes. Although there have been some incredible if we want to talk about like, where has he been lately? I think. Oh, no show. Yes. Because <laughs> How did I just know you were going to go to that one? Because, yep. I mean, oh, 
Onosho is so funny to me because when he's feeling good, he has such a different face. When Onosho is having like a real Onosho, it's like he's literally kicking a tin can after every single terrible match. But he has gotten his mojo back. He's aggressive. And in this match, he does three full charges and enormous pushes at Terenofuji. Okay? He's pushing upwards. Terenofuji stops his momentum for like a hot second. Onosho forces his will, gets both arms inside, lifts up from the upper body of Terenofuji, and with a big heave-ho, gets Terenofuji over the Tawada. I was like, what, what, what? That was very exciting to me. It was a very exciting match. However, you failed to mention the headbutt that must have occurred at some point where Onosha's forehead must have hit Terunofuji's teeth. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> on the socials, there was, you know, people were posting things from Japanese newspapers that were either like, I couldn't tell in the translation if Terunofuji lost a tooth or if Onosho knocked a tooth loose. But there's something quite definite and <laughs> painful looking happened to Terunofuji's mouth. I call that Onosho smash mouth technique. Well, let's hope next time we see Terunofuji with like a beautiful gold grill. And... <laughs> <laughs> No, that would be terrible. That would be amazing. If he had just like one gold tooth, like gold plated tooth up top, I was like, yes. Oh boy, can we talk though about Daisho? Daisho. See, I'm just guessing. I'm just going down. I'm looking where all my exclamation points are in my notes. And I'm like, I bet she goes there. Daisho is quite the show. So Daisho versus Takakesho is looking really good. He's making a statement. He has a strong tachiai. Daisho is a friggin' rock. He does what he does so well. He does this Tsubari attack on Takakesho. It's a big blast upwards from Daesho. It's a grab around the neck of Takakesho and he slaps him down to the dirt. It was a precision attack from Daesho and Takakesho was just up too high. It was a Hitakikomi slap down. It was beautiful sumo. And it's like, it's so tough because like, I actually, I'm always cheering for Takakesho. I want this for him so bad for him to be considered a Yokozuna, but Daesho, he just kind of stopped all of that momentum. Daesho kind of put the nail in the coffin on the second day of being like, dude, I don't think you're going to get your Yokozuna. Remember that Daesho and Takakesho are like... They have been fighting each other for years. Yeah. And Daesho's greatest wish is to beat Takakesho. Yeah. Well, I They've mean, been fighting since high school. Rivals. It's like, yeah, big time rivals. They they are very competitive with each other. So Daesho going into that fight knowing that he could potentially stop Takakesho's Yokozuna run just made it even that more compelling, yeah. especially Daesho wanted to beat him. And oh my goodness, did he ever. He did. Let's talk though about Ozeki, Asanoyama, Kataban Ozeki, and Hokuto Fuji. Hokuto Fuji, not an easy customer. We have two matas, two false starts for both. Asanoyama and for one and Hokuto Fuji for the next one. And I think Asanoyama is looking really, really nervous because... 
I, I don't know, whenever they have a mata, I always think, is this them just not jiving or is this showing a little bit of the nervousness? And we know that this is a pressure-filled moment for Asanayama. But Asanayama, he gets the inside grip and under the shoulder of Hokuto Fuji and throws him with a sukinage to the ground. There is a huge sigh of relief afterwards from Asanoyama. He denied Hokuto Fuji the ability to push or thrust his way through the match, and that's really how he won it. But, you know, he lost on day one. He's got to find some momentum, and he did it. So I was excited to see that Asanoyama won on day two. So you want to talk about the old Ozeki, new Ozeki, Takayasu versus Shodai? Yeah, I yeah. love this one. Well, Takayasu pulled off some some magic and he evaded Shodai. This was a real fun match to watch. It ended up being a frontal crush out, but I think that this was like the most exciting match as Takayasu did not make this an easy win for Shodai. He really, really showed his agility. He stayed on his feet. I think Shodai expected, I don't know, maybe more of an easy win in Takayasu. He um, he eventually lost, but he really did show beautiful sumo. It's just Shodai got the win over him in the, in the end. And they were both, especially Shodai, Shodai was breathing harder than I have ever seen him afterwards. He fully exhausted himself. You want to talk about day three? Yes. So here we are on day three. We're going to call this the low Zeki day, not the Ozeki day, <laughs> but the low Zeki day. I like that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to why in a second, but first let's start out with great news. Akiseyama won first match of the day and remained a co-leader with this win. So Akisiyama won against Sadano Umi, and he has got to be feeling so good because at the end of day three, he's got a 3-0 and record. He's won his first three bouts. I still could not be happier for this guy. Hoshoryu versus Midori Fuji was another really exciting one to watch. Mm-hmm. Midori Fuji grabbed Hoshoryu's belt with a double inside position. Hoshoryu spun and reached over Midori Fuji's back to grab Midori Fuji's belt. But Midori Fuji grabbed Hoshoryu's thigh and with like a football style takedown, just flattened Hoshoryu. And the Kimorite was called a thigh grabbing push down. I'm sorry, I did not write down the Japanese term for that, but it was fast. It was strong. And there were great fights. There were lots of great fights, but I have to skip to Kotoshoho versus Tamawashi. This was the old versus the new. Uh, there was there was a touchy eye. Tamawashi went for this double-handed grab of Kota Shoho's chin and neck, and Kota Shoho's eyes got really big, like, holy oh. crap, is this what the top level is all about? He had this coming-to-Jesus moment, and he quickly slipped away, um, like, to the side, and then Tamawashi went for his head again and Kota Shoho decided, okay, what the heck is this? I'm going in deep. We got to do something different here. So he went in deep, chest to chest for this kind of chest battle and Kota Shoho pushed and had Tamawashi against the bales and he was he was going for this one giant push. And I swear to God, it looked like Tamawashi was done for. He was headed out of the ring and onto his back. But somehow Tamawashi spun around until 
Kota Shoho's chest. Well, it's like he spun and Kota Shoho's chest and arms flew off of Tamawashi and suddenly Tamawashi was on top of this kid and he grabbed Kota Shoho's upper body and he spun him like a top. It was so crazy and amazing to watch. Somehow in there, there was a huge, big headbutt too. Like the the sumo was just getting like dirtier and stronger and looking more like bar fights. It was crazy. I like to see the older guys kind of school the younger guys. And, um, and it was just like... He had some real old magic that he pulled out of the bag. All right, let's jump to our Ozeki. First, Shodai versus Daesho. I've already told you that it was an, a low, low Zeki day. So yes. you, you can probably guess who came out on top here. Daesho, day three, beats all three Ozeki by beating Shodai on day three. A huge hit. Ugh. And he just pushed and pushed and pushed. Shodai tried to spin away. I love watching Daesho in slow motion because Daesho, when he is in rhythm and when he is in form, he has this amazing angle to his whole body. Mm -hmm. And from toes to fingers, he is in one long line, every muscle working to push another sumo wrestler out by his chin or by his neck. It's so crazy to watch and beautiful at the same time. He's truly a force of nature when he is on and he is definitely on in this basho. Yeah. And he's clearly gunning for a higher position. He is like, you need to notice me. Um, don't count me out because I deserve to be up here. And by beating all three Ozeki, he's clearly making a statement. That's what he wanted to do. But he's like, I'm clearly gunning for that position in the future. So, <laughs> and I have to, I have to give a nod to how like <laughs> how measured he is in all of the interviews that he's been in. He's just like, yep. Had a good day. Yeah. It must have been after the day he beat Takakesho. Oh, okay. They were like, Daesho, oh, tell us about what you think about Takakesho, maybe becoming, you know, this. And he was just like, it's none of my business. But I love him. I love the guy. He's so <sighs> good. Oh, my gosh. We can talk about okay. Takakesho versus Hokuto Fuji. Yes. Okay. Takakesho versus Hokuto Fuji. This was very gladiator style sumo um, on day three. Yeah. And honestly, Hokuto Fuji looked a bit, well, bloody and. It was pretty crazy. There were big pushes. There were big slaps to faces, big head knocks. I don't need to go through it one at a time, but at the end, both men were covered in blood that came from Hokuto Fuji's nose. I don't know if he broke his nose or what. It was a long match. Again, in those long matches, it's usually the other guys that come out the winner. And today it was Hokuto Fuji. I don't know where he finds his energy for those long matches, but he was fighting for everything. Like That's like the very definition of like giving somebody a pound of flesh in return for something. And then at the interview, they were like, whoa, you have a bloody nose there? Like you got kicked in the shin, to, you know? It looks like you're in pain. And he was like, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> Par for the course. No big deal. I always, I thought when I was watching it, you remember when Takakesho just takes like a sock? I mean, he just socked the crap out of Hooked Up oh, yeah. face. And I was like, if this doesn't work out for Takakesho, he could be a boxer. But it was just this powerful 
I, yeah, I can't describe it other than, oh my God, that must have freaking hurt. Yet Hokuto Fuji just took it like he normally does. And uh, and he managed to pull out a win. So that between, really put an end to Takakesha's run for Yokozuna. Yeah. Between that fight and the Terunofuji Onosho fight the day before, I marvel at the ability of these men to just take so much Oh, like to break teeth, to get their heads smashed, to like get slapped across the face and then just come back at it the next day. I mean, can you imagine if you needed to go to the dentist because you got dental work and like being like, I got to be at work tomorrow because I got to run into a wall and wrestle a whole bunch of guys. So well, I got to be back on point. Like that's Taryn this it's morning. It's crazy <laughs> what these men do for us, yeah. the way they bring their entire spirit and bodies uh, and minds into the ring is just such a gift. It is. Are you going to talk about Asanoyama and Mitakeyumi though? This was the last one of the day. This one was really fun because Mitakeyumi gave Asanoyama one big shove with his left forearm and Asanoyama went out. It was simple. It was over fast and it was a surprise. And so by the end of day three, None of the Ozekis had won, and you were left kind of wondering, wow, this Basho really is up and open for anybody. Yeah. It could be Akiseyama, it could be Onosho, it could be Meisei. I mean, it could be anybody walking away with this. It's a weird Basho on day three. It just feels weird, but I guess that's just also where we are in the world right now with coronavirus and just just not knowing day to day what's happening and the I don't know just at least here in America the insanity that's been going on it's just all so weird and I feel like when I'm watching this this tournament each day it gets weirder and weirder and it just kind of reflects my own feelings <laughs> about how I feel about the world well, you day know to what day. I know what you mean but you know what else it made me think of what? It made me think of our Yokozuna, uh, the two of them that are not there this time. And it made me think, not only do you have to be really a wonderful sumo wrestler to be a Yokozuna, and you have to be able to take the pressure of constantly winning, but you have to be so much better than everybody else yeah. who is wrestling yeah. consistently. It's not just, you know, you rise to the top once and then you go back down. Like you have to consistently be better than anyone else around you for months and months yeah. to become a Yokozuna. And I think it's going to be hard to find anybody to fill those amazing Yokozuna shoes I should say, to fill the belt, to fill the Yokozuna belt. We're, I just don't feel like we're seeing anybody that could do that yet. What we're seeing right now without the Yokozunas in there is these guys are just getting a taste of that pressure in this new way without the guys around that would normally be dominating the show. So yeah. I think it's an interesting time and there's going to be a struggle as they push through this, but I think that... In a year's time, we're going to really start to see like some real contenders. You know, I think it's only been three Yokozunas, like Hako being one of them and maybe um, Asashore you. I can't remember um, in, in another one that have made this Yokozuna run on the first time through that they were eligible. Everybody else has had to try to 
make it and then been knocked down and then have to go at it again. So it's not all that unusual to see someone like Takesho, you know, be beaten uh, like this. It, it's quite normal and that he has to recover after this. And then the next time he gets to this position, he will be in a better mindset and he will be able to focus and maybe not be as nervous. And that will get him to the next level. Well, I cannot wait to see what happens in the next few days. We're only on day three of this Basho, and it's already this exciting. There's a lot coming. Many of these guys will get their kachikoshi. I just cannot wait to see how all the cookies crumble. I can't either. So thank you, guys. That's our style of sumo here at Sumo Kaboom. That's right. (laughs) Please tune in again for more info on the sport. We love and thank you to those playing bingo. It uh, will be playing right along with you. That's right. Okay. So see you soon. Sayonara. See you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. See y'all later.